Well, hello there. This is Pastor Rick with a Voice in the Distance Ministries. Coming to you on our very first message of the new year of 2023. And so I want to wish you all a happy new year. I, I pray that it's a blessed year. And, you know, 2022 was, as every year is, seems to get more and more interesting. And so I, I want to invite us to, to stay the course, though. To stay the course on the, on the right track. And that right track is being on track with God and being on track with God's Word. And, and so that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're getting back on track. And so God help us to be in His good graces. God help us to have a flourishing year of, of light and holiness and, and, and that we would prosper in every way unto Him and by His hand and blessings. And so we also got to remember, too, with every year also comes certain trials and heartbreaks. So I pray that we be strengthened and I pray that we be ready for all things and that we would not lose faith, not lose hope, and, and to keep, keep our minds and our hearts set on him in all times and all things. And I think this is a perfect message. It's a, it's a very popular, well-known message as we've been in the book of Joshua. We are in Joshua chapter 6. And, and the, the message is titled Breaking Down the Walls. And I think a lot of you probably know where I'm going with this. The Walls of Jericho. And so we're going to be looking at that today. A very interesting story. It was a story of a very interesting miracle, something that really by um, by physics and by um, just by the overall demeanor of how this happened should not have happened. And it's only by that of the miracle of God. And so we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at what what was done and and this ancient city of Jericho, one of the it's actually one of the oldest cities in the world. There are a handful, and uh, and not too far would be Damascus in Syria, uh, Cairo in Egypt, um, and then and then of course Jericho. These are like the considered like the oldest cities in the world. Jericho probably being right there on top. So as we go through this, I, I pray that we too can break down our walls. And, and break down any walls that are put before us that are keeping us from the Lord. And so God can do all things. And, and so again, we're going to witness that, that God can do all things, as he did then, as he does now. And so we are in a good place when we are in the presence of God. If you have your Bible, um, we're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 6. And um, I think that we will go through uh, verses 1 through 5. And it says, now, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord had said unto Joshua, see, I have given unto uh, you the, the hand of Jericho and the king. And the mighty men of valor, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass, when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall, uh, shall shout with a great shout. And then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So we have Jericho here. You know, Jericho is going to be... 
ready for this. See, it was very common for a lot of cities to have walls, and, and they had watchmen at times. And, and so the thing is, is that God had told Joshua what was already going to happen. This is already yours. But here's the thing. See, a lot of people could see this. And if you knew the, the setup here in Jericho, you know, this, this was really something to see because, or, or to, to have witnessed. Now, you could actually go there and see, like, the remnants of the ground where, where, the, um, where the wall once was. And we're talking a city that was built thousands of years ago, way before the time of Joshua even. And, and this was right after the death of Moses. So we're looking at, at walls that were somewhere like 25 feet high and probably 15 to 20 feet thick. You had soldiers that would probably be standing on the top of the walls that could see for miles, which was very common. And, and so what Jericho was, it was a symbol. It was, it was a symbol of military power. And, and so Israel, the people of Israel probably thought, well, we definitely have our work cut out for us here. You know, the, the, the Canaanites who inhabited the region here, they, they did not, they did not consider, they did not consider, you know, the people of God a fortress of God. And, and so the defeat of Jericho, it, it, the, defeat of, the defeat of Jericho showed not only that, that you know, was, was God superior to the Canaanite gods, but he was also invincible. See, the Canaanites worshipped their own gods. And the Canaanites did some horrible, wretched things. See, that's the reason why God was giving them the land, because it was basically time to clean the place up. Now, if you've ever heard or studied any form of warfare, whether it be warfare of now and in the ancient times from any culture, some places were very skilled in warfare. And, and this here was a head-scratcher to a lot of people, because it's not too often. Why would you march around a city for that long of a time? You were sitting ducks to possible uh, enemy attacks from the wall because, you know, most of the, again, they had watchtowers at the time where people could see things coming from miles away. And at times, depending on what they had to work with, they could, you know, fight off the enemy before coming close. And, and so this here, what it really comes down to was complete faith. This was completely the act of God on how he did things. You know, these were complicated instructions, I see God making it very clear that the battle was dependent strictly on him. Because you would never see any of this, any of this thought of. We, we would create our own method. But see, God's method of taking the, the city um, was completely different. It was, it was completely different from anything we've ever seen. This strange military maneuver was basically the test of, of faith. It was the test of their willingness to follow. And then the, the blowing of the trumpets had a special significance as well. They had been instructed to blow the same trumpets used in, in their religious festivals. Now, in their battles, it was to remind them that their, their victory would come from the Lord, not their own military might. And, and so later on, we'll see that what's interesting, too, is that when we get into the book of Numbers one day, you will see that God had utilized... Uh, at the time that God had utilized a different um, uh, a type of trumpets in regards to what the call was. But this here, these ram's horns were, were called 
uh, basically were a call for the priestly. So everything was done just a little bit differently than, than what you would consider the norm here. And so God was basically testing them, testing them in their faith and their obedience, which are two things that God really, really requires from us. The victory is his, right? But see, God gave them something to work with. God allowed them to be part of the plan. Let's continue to take a, uh, another look here at some more stuff that happened. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city, and let him who is armed advance before the Ark of the Lord. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark. While the priest continued blowing the trumpets, now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going around it once, and then they came into the camp and lodged into the camp, and Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with trumpets. And the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord. While the priests continued blowing the trumpets, and the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did for six days. Now again, where things were done very differently or to give us an understanding of what's going on, on how God utilized everybody here, see... The priests were not normally on the battlefield or anywhere near the battlefield. So the priests were called upon the battlefield to do their part without having to get involved. They had just as much involvement without basically uh, holding a sword. But, they, but they, their, their horns would be the form of the sword. But as for the people, again, unorthodox here. Six days of, of traveling around a, a wall here. They, and now we look at Jericho. It's not very big. It's, it's not a very big city because they could pretty much make their way around it in one day. But again, the walls were huge. Everything was, was thick and fortified. But they had to do, again, something completely unorthodox. They had to kind of break some of the, uh, not break the rules, but they had to do something that, that they weren't used to doing in, in the forms of, wait a minute. What about the Sabbath day? And so they, they were also involved with that. But you see, when, when God tells us to do something, when God tells us to do something, we do it. This was not something of, 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 Joshua's, uh, of Joshua's ability because it came strictly from God. Joshua would have never thought of such a thing. No, no man would have thought of such a thing. This is completely different from the norm. But you see, look at what happened here. We have endurance. We have patience. We have obedience. We have courage. And so again, it would have been easy for, for the Israelites to have been attacked from the wall, but, but no one was touched. Now, what I would have liked to have known is what the people of Jericho thought. To, to just to see them witness all these people marching round and round around these walls. 
not trying to break in, not doing anything in particular. All they're doing is marching around nonstop. It had to cause them to be in wonder. It had to cause them to be in awe, maybe a little bit of fear. We we don't know, but I, I'm going off of my own perception here. Of what If I were on the other side of the wall, what would I be thinking? What would you be thinking? See, God gave them the endurance. He gives us the endurance to, to, to walk to places, to make our way around places that we would never, that we would never ever thought that we could. Glory to him in this aspect. Glory to him in every aspect. In verse 15, we're going to be looking at here in verse 15 to 16, it says, But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only they marched around the city seven times, and the seventh time it happened when the priests blow the trumpets, and then Joshua said to the people, Shout for the Lord has given you the city. Now, there is no scientific reason on, on why they should all shout. You know, we, we know that if, you know, when sound carries loud enough that it could break glass, but, a, but a, a wall that's 15, 20 feet thick or however thick it was to, to, be, to be brought down by the by the uh, the cause of marching around and yelling. Now, what's interesting is I've worked in the building industry for many years, and I remember years ago I got certified in soil. And and normally when you compact soil around something, which is normally driving across, and some people would could use it by walking or using other tools. When you're walking around this, the walls like this, you're technically compacting the soil, which would contribute to strengthening it. But somehow, through faith and through the obedience of what God told them to do, it, it, it was like it weakened the wall on top of them with the sound barrier of the yell. So, again, the, the kicker here was that they weren't, they, they weren't questioning, they were doing. And, and when you are in the military, to my understanding, I've never been, but I've known many people and relatives is that you salute the rank of your officer. You're not necessarily saluting the man. You're saluting the rank. See, your your commander, your leader, can be the, the, the biggest oaf on the face of the earth. They can, they can get you killed. You might not stand them whatsoever, but as soon as they enter a room, you stand and salute. Why? Because you're saluting the rank. But in this case here, see, God was the, was the ultimate commander. And the, and the obedience was had, and therefore we see what was going on. See, I see God. Uh, I see God teaching them perseverance. I see them God teaching them uh, endurance. I see Him teaching them patience, obedience. You know, God's strategy for for this it, it goes beyond just preparing the children of Israel, but it, it provided a witness. It provided a witness to these people as well. God gave at least 400 years, you know, this area had been around for 400 years. God was giving chances to repent. But the people of, of, of Canaan and Jericho decided to carry on in their debaucherous and extremely sinful ways. They wanted no part of God. They wanted their paganism. They wanted to do what they wanted to do, just as we do today in our societies. Now, if I could encourage us to do something, myself including... 
I look at this as our marching orders in life. You may be you may be walking around aimlessly right now. But you see, God's really commanding us to, to, to circle the walls of the, of, of the place that is bringing us down. And, and that is always going to be our marching orders. Because we all have our own Jericho walls in our lives. It, it might be in regards to your family. It might re- be in regards to something that you're battling with. You could have a drug, alcohol addiction. It could be any form of addiction that's keeping you from God. It could be anything that's, that's destroying your life. Well, you have marching orders. You have marching orders to to march around your walls of Jericho, and and it might be it might be one day it could be six or seven, just like it was with the Israelites. They were commanded to go for a full week, nonstop, marching around the walls. But when it was time. And, and the timing was of God. He gave them the, he gave the Canaanites time. 400 years, but as I've said before, if you've ever listened to my previous messages, there is a time where God will say, time's up. And we don't know when that time is. Only he does. We just need to be willing, ready, and able. But willing and willing. Try to be ready. Because God will enable you when, when you are willing. And when you're waiting for him, you know, God gave you know, the, the, uh, the people of Jericho, the Canaanites, he gave them a week even. I, I, you would think like, okay, something's up here. Something does not look good. And, and I'm sure they were able to figure it out when they knew who was marching around their walls. Now, God, God will, will uh, give them some more instructions here. And this is something I think that we're going to be able to take and, and learn from this as well in today's day and age. In verse 17, it says, Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent, and you by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout. That the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up to the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. Now here we have Rahab, who was, who was a prostitute in the city. And, and see, that's where people, people mistaken things about God. God saves and uses all people. God allowed this one lady in her, in, her, in her family to make it. Why? Because she had faith and she utilized her faith to, to help the people of Israel, to help Joshua and, and the spies. And she had requested that, if, that, that her and her own be saved from this. See, Joshua basically lived up to his word here. He says, you got it. So Joshua spared her 
by the by the faith that she, that she had bestowed upon God and showed on God, and 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 became not just that, but she also became in what we call the Hall of Faith in the Book of Hebrews. In the Book of Hebrews, there is a long list of Old Testament people that that were utilized and and, and uh, that were actually marked down in their bravery or in their faith and the things that they've done. And it's interesting that a that a prostitute would be in the midst of all of this. Now, that's what she was in the walls of Jericho, but I'm pretty sure outside of the walls that were now destroyed were no longer the case. You know, God commanded that everything be destroyed. And he's done this before because, again, these places that, of their possessions had, had paganistic meaning to it. You know, God was going to be building a new home. And, and the last thing that when you are when you have whole, uh, houses of a, with a holy God, the last thing you want to do is bring uh, paganistic items into those homes or any form of belongings. Let me let me give you an, a modern day example. And, but this is uh, this is on a personal level for us in today's day and age. Picture you getting married. And there's pictures of your spouse with their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend around the house. <laughs> or maybe maybe certain items of the house that belong to those people. I don't think that that would be a very uh, a good idea to have those things lingering around. For the sake of a good marriage and for the sake of comfort, God was doing the same thing here. But this was not the sake of holiness. God did not want anything of the remnants of Canaan or the remnants of Jericho to be brought into the Holy Land. You know, this was a uh, preventative for contamination, if you will. Having pictures with your of your exes in the house when you're married can contaminate your relationship, and so this could this could be a form of contamination. In regards to in regards to God, for in regards to our spiritual purpose, you know, God calls for us to to clean up our behavior. He wants us to to begin a new life with Him. You know, we're not here to to be desiring for the personal gain because those things can distract us from our spiritual purpose with Him. And, and so we also need to reject certain objects. You know, in these objects that could be in in regards to things that will cause us to rebel. So I, I see what God was referring to here when he wanted no remnants. When he wanted no remnants. I remember back in the day when, when Moses was uh, leading the people. And Korah and his, and, and, and his family or, and his leaders, I think there was 200 of them if I'm not mistaken rebelled against Moses and what he was doing in his calling. So God had said to to Moses, tell all the people to stand back. Well, at the point, God had opened up the earth, kind of like a large fault line, and then Korah and all of his people and all of their possessions fell into the earth as it closed back up. And, and I thought it was interesting how that happened even, that they, there was not to be remnants of such. And so that not only, not only was it them, but it was their actual possessions that went down with them. God does not want us to have reminders of things that, that we were or things that could lure us, which happened. 
you know, spoiler here, the, the, the Israelites did get back into, once they became into the promised land later on, they, they did get into things that God had commanded them not to. But they were to, they were to uh, practice obedience here. Verse 22 says, But Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has, as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab, the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out in Jericho. Then Joshua charged them at the time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the country. You know, every single city that God had destroyed in the Bible that I've ever read or taught somebody about, when I have looked back, and when I have researched those particular cities, to this day, none of them have ever been resurrected. And so God curses that anybody, whoever should, that whoever should try to do such a thing, to resurrect these places that were so tainted that there will be a price to pay, a price of, a price of death. You know, this curse actually was fulfilled in, in the book of First Kings during the time of Kings years later. There was a man by the name of Hill, and he tried to rebuild the city of Jericho. And what had happened was is he lost his, his oldest and youngest sons during the process. God keeps his promises. I've seen in these areas that there is nothing in these, in these areas in different countries that God has torn down, said that would never resurrect. And there's numerous things that are built around these areas, but nobody has touched these areas. God is real. God exists. And so what God is calling us here is, is, is not to doubt but to shout, okay? Don't doubt but shout to him. Shout to the Lord in prayer. Shout to the Lord in, in, in praise. Shout to him in, in all things, in glory. You know, this message really was a test of, of faith and persistence and of patience. You might be waiting for some sort of wall to break down yourself. And, and you might be marching around that city and you might be saying, I'm wasting my time. You know, our, our time is not God's time. But we are called just again to be faithful and obedient. What is it that you want? A relationship perhaps to be, uh, to be restored. It could be maybe a, a, a physical ailment. It could be maybe you uh, are waiting for the right person in your life. The job. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know, we are all marching in a circle at times waiting on God. So let's let's look at the three things here that I really want to look at here in 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 the recipe of this. 
Submit to the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And most important, believe in the Lord. See, the a Voice in the Distance Ministries it really has two major mission statements, if you will. You know, to teach the Word of God. Okay, to teach the Word of God for what it says, not for what I want it to say or think it says, but to teach the Word of God, to, right, to equip the saints, and second, to bring people to the Lord. And this is our way of breaking down those Jericho walls together. You, ha- you might have a, a wall, a thick Jericho wall separating you from God, but yet, yet you never wanted to break that wall down. You were comfortable inside that little fortified city of paganism, that, that little fortified city of the world. Now, Rahab and her family were the ones who actually got to see what was outside of there. There was so much more to what God had in store that was outside of those walls of Jericho. You know, the Lord has wonderful things in store for us. But, you know, we can't just go and expect God to to, to shower us with things when we want nothing to do with him. Now, I don't know what he has in store for every single person on the face of the earth, but what I do know what he has in store for, for people who receive him is unbelievable Unbelievable blessings of being able to go to heaven and be with him. A place, a place in eternity with our Father. That I do know. But the beauty of, of it down here is, is that God is full of wonderful surprises. And I'm not saying that we're not going to go through hard times. But what I am promising is, is that we will have a safe destination, not a smooth ride. And the safest destination that one can have is our destiny to heaven. And he gave, it the, he gave us that destiny through the blood of Christ. But we have to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Believing and receiving in him that he did die on the cross for us and gave us a place. Christ is still breaking down our walls from heaven. Do you want him to break down your walls? Would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Well, I got a precious gift for you right now. I got something better than any New Year's resolution. But a resolution... That will last a lifetime and eternity that you can receive right now. And I want to give you that opportunity by saying this prayer with me and receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. And by doing so, you will, you will have a place with him in eternity. But you have to say this prayer in truth and mean it. And he will come into your heart. So say this prayer with me. Dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins, Lord. I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. I ask of you to cleanse me of my sins. I receive you in my heart as my Lord, as my Savior, and my Father. 
I thank you, Lord, for, for having me, for dying for me. I pray that you receive me now, Father Lord, into your kingdom as I receive you into my heart. As you enter my heart, Father, I praise you, I love you, and receive you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. You know, I pray that this new year be just, again, just a blessed time. And just a glorious time. Because God, again, you know, he's been waiting for you and God loves you. And so this could, this is the most important decision you will ever make. And now you have basically set your place in heaven. And may you bring others to him. God is equipping us for this. You know, he, he doesn't want people just, just strictly reading his word just for a good read. Although it's the greatest read you'll ever have. But he wants us to, to read it and to know him. Because he's the author. And not only is he the author of the Bible, he's the author and the finisher of your life. So may God bless and keep you as you walk closely with him. God bless.